0: the power of their data. to wasabi another boston-based championship team
1: are you ready to talk padres baseball we've
0: got you covered
1: today we've got day baseball as the padres get ready to wrap up their latest series in san francisco against the giants and our host mike janella along with his producer blooper don't mind these early games for just one reason multiple ble- bloody mary's
2: That's the only rule that Blooper lives by is uh, (laughs) unlimited Bloody Marys.
1: Alongside Mike, we've got Bob Scanlon, who's generously offering up Bloody Marys for everyone. Look, this is the social hour, right? And part of being social is inviting everybody to join us, so uh, welcome all. And rounding out the crew, it's Derek Togerson, who for one, doesn't mind mixing business and pleasure.
3: Or a walking mullet you are party yeah. on the party on the bottom party the bottom and, bottom and, and
1: business and up top. now coming to you from the amr studio inside the western metal supply company building it's padre social hour with your hosts mike janella bob scanlon and derek togerson
2: happy wednesday that's right good morning and with the three of us, Derek, you were just talking to me before we went on the air. Yeah, enough with the old guys like Bill Center or Randy Jones and those, yeah. those slouches like Brady Phelps. This is the male model team this today. This is the sexy A team. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. If this doesn't wake the, you up in the morning, I'm in the senior league to? though. There's a problem here. That's all right. No, no, no. You know what? I have. You're a in a league of your own. I got Bob, a couple of donuts in, in my tummy.
4: It just gets me going. I'm ready to go, man. Yeah, Bob we're brought donuts today. Yeah. That was yeah. very nice of yeah. you, Bob. I thought they are going to be out here. We could snack on them during the show. You know, as It's brunch, too, right? Well, well, Whose fault do you think that is? It's for mine. Not, for not, no, I it's take Blue full responsibility. for not bringing them oh, out here. Oh, we you can blame the, somebody
2: else. You brought the donuts. You did well. Uh, it's Blooper who messed this one up. Come on, Blooper. All right, next segment, Nothing them yeah. them to say for kill him. Better get the donuts list. here ASAP or else Bob will close storm off. to me off. so I can eat them. Uh, oh, yeah, smart man. <laughs> uh, we want them here uh, immediately. We need an intern. That's what we need. An intern for Blooper. Yeah, so where's, well, our, where's our staff? We need
3: staff on this. Exactly. Why is there no intern? I don't know. Summer's really? coming.
2: All these college kids, they got to have something to do. So send your resume. Uh, tweet at Derek. Let him know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, I'll,
3: I will cull I will through them and, and yeah, give you exactly. good references. And uh, they got to
2: have know where all the best donut shops are, right? Yes,
3: Morena Boulevard.
2: That's it. Rose's Donuts on Morena. That's the official endorsement from Bob Scanlon and Derek Togerson. Great job. There you go. 12:45 uh, is the first pitch today. It's another game against the Giants, which uh, the way things are going, looks like it'll be another loss. And we haven't even seen them take the field yet. Uh, last night was bad. Um, I mean, they're 0 and 8 against them now this year. Uh, f- Actually, Jellyman tweeted in right at the beginning of the show saying, Last night, same old story, same old song and dance. Two emoji exclamation points. Uh, (laughs) I mean, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Let us know what you think using hashtag PadresSH or jumping in on the conversation happening at Padres.com slash social hour. We crushed this offense pretty hard yesterday, and we didn't see anything new out of them last night. Uh, anything to add to to the woes just pouring on the fire here from yesterday?
3: It'd, it'd just be nice to think that going into a game against a top flight pitcher that they would even have a chance. I mean, you know, right now, if they're going up against a Smarja, Queto, Bumgarner, Queto, or uh you know, Kershaw, they, they're, just, they're just not going to score any runs. And they're not, they're not surprising you with, with a big outburst against anybody who's in the elite level. You can almost pencil in a loss when they, when they reach somebody who you know is on top of their game, and, and that's really disheartening.
4: Yeah, it's been frustrating, no question about it. And I'm sure you guys went through it all yesterday. But I'm starting to see a little bit of guys getting out of themselves and trying to press a little bit. And when I, when I see that, it's more guys trying to pull the ball a little bit more as opposed to just trying to stay inside the ball and take the singles. It's almost that mentality of, man, i got to bust out of this thing, and i got to bust out of it big. And I'm going to start yeah. swinging as hard as I can. you
3: got to put the ball over the fence because exactly. they're not stringing uh, too many hits together. Well, so somebody's got to take it upon themselves to drive themselves in. Well,
4: that's the thought process. But usually what ends up happening is you end up swinging and missing, expanding the zone, over swinging, and you make easier outs instead of tougher outs. It's almost like the pitcher that feels like he's got to throw the ball harder to get out of the jam. And it's the exact opposite. You've got to back off a little bit. So, look, it's not for lack of effort. It's not for lack of practice. It's not that these coaches aren't working with these guys. You mm-hmm. just go through these these streaks and you start pressing even harder. And the and – the, challenging part today hey the good news is you're facing Jake Peavy all right you're talking about you know guys that can dominate Jake's not that guy anymore but on the other hand, they've really struggled in the daytime. I was looking at the daytime stats. the miserable. <laughs> they've got the lowest batting average in all of Major League Baseball in the daytime. They've got the worst walk-to-strikeout ratio as well. So for whatever reason, and some guys like hitting in the daylight. They see, they see the ball better. But there's a lot of guys who actually say, I hate hitting in the daylight because it glares. The white ball is more glaring. I can't pick up the scenes when it's coming towards me. So uh, I, I'm saying, hey, uh, Let's, let somebody borrow some
3: sunglasses. It's the exact opposite of what it used to be when the lights first came in. Guys said, I can't see the balls right, all night. Now right. they've become so conditioned to playing yep. at night that they now don't like it during the daytime. But you mentioned Jake. It's, if we've learned anything about Jake Peavy over the years, it's right when we're all ready to count him out. He comes back and resurrects himself with a tre- tremendous performance. I could completely see him going, you know, seven shutout innings today because that's what he's always done.
2: I would
4: never count out Jake. He's a very emotional guy, no Especially
2: question about it. Especially against the Padres. I think a career yeah. like 2-5 ERA yeah. against the Padres yeah. since two he's four left. 2-4-5. Yeah. Like yeah, he's,
3: he's, he's emotional guy.
4: He always has been, and so I agree with you 100%, and I had that in my my Padres preview on the Friar Wire of, you
2: know what, he's been struggling, he's got the high ERA,
4: but it's Jake Peavy going against exactly. the Padres. He's gonna take you know, it. And the he's way so that, he's gonna the way this out. offense has been going, it yeah. would
2: not surprise me if they got one hit today. Because again, it's just been they've been terrible. Um, in addition to day games, series finales too. I think we're we're past small sample size. They've only won one series finale. And up. that was in. Rikley and Rikley Rikley Field. that was a doubleheader <laughs> at Wrigley feel of all things. <laughs> no. But I mean, it's like one in thirteen now or one in twelve. Yeah. There's got to yeah. be some reason for this. Guys are thinking to the next game or the next road trip or whatever. I mean, tell me I'm wrong, but I think at this point after. The first ten series, there's gotta be something to this. It's not just happenstance anymore.
3: Well you could see maybe if it was on all getaway days, you're thinking about, you know, travel, you're thinking about, you know, where you have to go next, you're packing your bag. I could see maybe that, but we're talking about in the middle of a homestand. You know, where it's they're have, where they have, you road, know, play on near a where they have another game on Thursday. There's there's no change or anything. It's just I even asked Andy Green about that uh, when they were, I think, 0-8 to end series, and I said, is there some kind of weird thing going on, or is it one of those statistical anomalies? And he said at the time, statistical anomaly. At this point, I'm really not sure. It's it's, it's strange.
2: I think it's too far past that now to be small sample size. Yeah. There's got to be something, whether they'll admit it or not, something psychologically. You know, and
4: sometimes you see that more at home than on the road, and the reason for that is guys at home have more things that they're trying to keep track of, right? You've right. got the family, you've got the kids, you've got the wife's honeydew list that she wants you to get done before you got to go out and pitch eight Clean- innings." Garage. Exactly. Yeah. You've got friends and family calling you up. Hey, can I get some tickets? Can you come speak at my school? You know, whatever it may be. It's all good stuff. But a lot of times guys actually welcome the chance to get away. But like you said, Mike, it doesn't matter. It's home. It's road. They're not winning these last games. Sometimes you can look at it and say maybe the other team is doing a better job of scouting in terms of evaluating guys. So by the time you get to game number three, if you're sitting on the bench as a pitcher, I'm watching how my guys are pitching the opposing. Guy. I want to see what's happening. I want to see how they're swinging the bats. And so for me, I love pitching the third game of the series because I felt like I had that much more information to go on from watching the first two.
2: Well, someone's got to figure it out, whether it's the yeah. Padres in the dugout that aren't paying enough attention in games one and two or it's the travel planning ahead. Something's got to give because I think by now – we are past the point where we can say, oh, it's just a coincidence. It's happened too many times. Um, a tweet here from – and it's actually good about our pressing conversation that you just brought up moments ago, Bob. Uh, so Tucker Riley tweeting in and uh, tagging a bunch of people with a big photo of this guy with his hands just screaming and covering his face saying, Matt Kemp's play got me like – and, yeah, last night I think that was someone overcompensating is the word that I'm coining <laughs> here because he's a guy who's had a, an abysmal May – What else is As usual. Yeah, Yeah. but the fact that this this is his worst one so far, statistically, in terms of batting average, OPS, if he keeps it up. Um, And then the other night, this whole weekend series against the Dodgers here, and now yesterday, he comes out, gets that first early hit, gets caught stretching it from a single into a double. Late, gets that double that he's (laughs) caught uh, stretching it into a triple, potentially. Uh, Both times, it was, uh, you know, very close, bang, bang. So two questions here. Number one. Do you think he was trying too hard to make something happen, considering the situation, both personally and for the team? Or, number two, do you think he legitimately thought this, these are gimmies and his body is just not, he's not used to his body not being what it used to be anymore?
3: Well, I think uh, the, the second one there, you see, he, he came out of the box thinking it was gone. And if he'd have busted out of the box immediately, he makes it to third easily. I think it's more of we need runs, we need runners in scoring position, we need to push this somehow. Been knowing Matt Kemp the little that I do, I don't think he's a guy who hears and reacts to outside criticisms. I think he's going he's gonna to play his game and do his thing because he knows he's got that talent level. But Maybe I, he should start listening uh, to some of that he, But if he's going to start pressing because people are saying that he's dogging and I've, I've heard that out there. that he's not, he's, he's not pushing as hard as he can. He's not running as hard as he can. He's not the guy who's going to react to something like that. At least I don't think he is. He's trying to Produce runs for an offense that's struggling, and and if you get yourself from first to second, you're in scoring position. Get yourself from second to third, you're in closer scoring position. He's, I think he's trying to generate offense for this club, and it's just backfiring on him.
4: Yeah, the first play actually is a good baseball play. With two outs, you've got to get yourself into second base. I, I would be yelling and screaming if he had found himself standing on first base after hitting a ball off the left field foul line. I'd be like, what the heck is going on right here? You've got to get yourself in a scoring position with two outs. The fact that they made a great play, the ball caroms right back to them, right? And they, they gun him down. I don't have a problem with that. No problem whatsoever. Now the other one, getting thrown out at third base to lead off an inning, obviously that's one of the sacred rules of baseball. You don't make the first or the third out at third base. He tried to overstretch it. And, Derek, I thought you made an interesting comment about how it looked like when he first swung that he thought maybe he had gotten it. Right? I mean, he's, oh, he's got that opposite field. He, like, he kind of stands there, that. a little bit of look, kind of like, oh, maybe that's it. No, uh-oh, I better get on it. Then I it becomes get on a thing horse. of, uh-oh, I should have had a triple on this, so now I've got to get after it. Now, granted, they made a great play right here. You and had I think a perfect people cost him
2: too much on this play because of the earlier one. I think if he had gone, no, th- this is a bad baseball play. You don't make the third out at third base. You're not I, yeah, supposed no, to do this. Yeah, no, first and third, you don't do that. But, but the way this offense is going, you can't blame him. I think for trying anything. And they, also, and no, I, I do blame him. That's just the because
4: play. the offense isn't doing well. Doesn't mean that you start going against fundamentals of the game. But keep okay? in mind
2: that all step ball was into right center <clears throat> field.
3: He's obviously he's probably picking up Glenn Hoffman there. So Glenn could have been the one waving him in.
2: You look at him rounding yeah. first though. He's looking at to the outfield, too. That's, right that's where I have a problem first, with but then then. When you
4: yeah. get to
3: second, you turn yeah. your head and you pick up your third base coach. That's where you get your cue.
4: The play is in front of him, so, like, he's going hard. He's thinking, I just think it goes back to kind of what, a little bit of what Derek talked about first. You know, it's like, hey, hey, I should be standing on third base right here. If I had busted out of the box early, mm-hmm. he's standing on third base no problem. So, I think it becomes a thing of I better make up for some lost time right there. Plus, you know, he's thinking it's out in the gap out there in right field. They made the perfect play to get him still. You don't want to make the first out at third base. That being said – Two great plays on the defensive side, and I have absolutely no problem with play number one.
3: And by a very good defensive team, especially in that ballpark, they know where, it seems, where every yeah. carom is out there. They know exactly how to position
2: themselves for that. Yep.
3: And, and he knows that's a tough right center field in that ball, maybe yep. the toughest in baseball with the, with the way that, that wall is configured.
2: I'm okay breaking some of the sacred rules when the team has been this bad offensively. I, I get it. The, I don't have don't a problem pushing out, things a little bit. But but I, first I out of third base, that's a tough gotta, one. you got to do what you can. Cause, and it was late in the game. So margin was already rolling. First out point. of third base, that's a tough one to justify. I'm okay I, taking the gamble. Given the fact that you've scored Why? what? You don't need to. You're, you're standing
4: on second they base. They do need to. This is the worst offense You're, you're, you're standing on second base. You're going to score on a base hit anyway.
3: Are you going to get a base hit or are they going to score with the bases yes, loaded problem. and nobody out a couple home stands So, homestands so ago? what's the
4: difference if you lose 3 to 2 or 3 to 1 if you're trying to make the, and you're giving away an out trying to extend the the, the lead off they out. lost 8 to
2: 2 this is a, a bullpen yeah, but at that that's point not it was great closer. this is an offense that has not been good even in one run even games Even more to the point need, of why would you give away an out I think this goes I think, to think be more aggressive in that So you case.
4: and I are on completely opposite yeah. ends of that thing you're trying to grab every single run that you can and Outs yes, be because damned. offense
2: needs yes, them. It's
4: ridiculous.
3: Every so single a, one they need. No, that's ridiculous. Me, so let me grab the middle it. of the road here. I think it was back to what you were <laughs> saying earlier is they're pressing. They're now pressing, and they're, and they're pressing of too course. much, and that makes you make irrational decisions. So I think if we can you know, put this in a, into a bottom line, it's did he make a bad baseball decision? Probably. Is it because his heart's in the right place trying to do something to kickstart an offense because they're all pressing? Probably. So I don't know what that means. But obviously, as Andy Green would say, this team is not, you know, Cadillacing it or or, or trying to or trying to make bad decisions. The old cliche: we're not. They're trying to do bad. Well, we know we're not trying to do bad, at least most of the time. But they, they think they need to find find that way to—I don't know—settle themselves, calm themselves. Yeah. I don't—I don't, I don't know, center. I don't know what it is, but get into that. Just play baseball mode, because you see them either pressing or trying to do too much, or sometimes trying to do too little. They need to find that middle ground of we're in a groove, we're comfortable with who we are as a team, we're comfortable with what we can do as a team, and just go play the game the way the game is meant to be played, and let the chips fall. Easier said than done. No right. Question. When you start pressing like that, they become a bad baseball team, and that's what we keep. Seeing with this Yeah,
4: team. it goes back to, I, I had this in my preview today, that the whole thing about just stay in the moment, and, and it goes back to kind of what you're talking right. about, Derek, stay in, in the terms moment. of, look, if you want to win the war, you've got to win the battles. If you're going to win the battles, you've got to win each individual skirmish, and each skirmish is basically that pitch that's going right now, because you have no control over anything else that happened previously or that's going to happen next. The only thing, whether you're pitching the ball or you're hitting the ball, is this pitch right here, right now. I might be thinking, hey, I've got to get a hit. Hey, I've got to drive in these runs. Hey, we've got to break the streak, whatever it may be. If you're thinking about those things, you're not thinking about the right thing. And it's so easy to get distracted by that. You have to be focused on one thing, which is this pitch right now. What am I looking for? What am I trying to do with the ball? If you start thinking about global issues of we've got to get out of the slump, that's when guys get into trouble, they start pressing, and you're not where your focus needs to be.
2: Macro thinking instead of micro it's thinking. It's so hard to do, though, because I when like things are going well, it's I easy like to do I like a little big it. picture thing. I understand on when a pitch is coming, <laughs> you want to be in the zone, but I think there is some importance to having perspective to knowing what this team needs and what the struggles have but been. But where, where does about a perspective
3: See, where, how, how big do you think? How small do you think? Like where you yeah, can still think, okay, situationally, I can't make it out here at third base, but then you still have to be thinking, okay, I have to look at this pitch. I have to hit the ball to the right side. I have to bring that guy over. You have to be thinking of so many little things at one time that if you start clouding your head with too much big pictures, we got to make up seven runs. No, no, you can't yeah. think about seven runs. you got to think right. about get myself on base, let the next guy drive me in. Now we're talking about six runs. I get on base, next guy drives me in, five runs. You have to think that compartmentally in order to make the whole thing work.
2: I feel bad for a guy like Kemp because then when he doesn't or he struggles, then it's why isn't he doing more? Oh,
3: damned if he does not damned if he doesn't. He's a—he's
2: yeah. kind of screwed either way. So I, I can't blame him for trying to make something extra happen hey. when he has the opportunity in front of hey,
3: him. Hey, when you're that guy,
2: if
4: you're just, you're the big gun in the clubhouse and the big guy in the lineup, then you've got to live with that responsibility. So...
2: Yeah, you take second yeah. if you think it's there. You take third. So I'm okay with him with that last Great contracts come great responsibilities. Amen, brother. It's very true. <laughs> um, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk. I think uh, with Jake Peavy, we're going to go back to some of his glory days and have a very interesting he question for you guys for some Padres aces over the years. And they're having a couple, so we'll mm-hmm. deal those cards out here in just a second. But before that, June seventh, beware! Zombies are descending on Petco Park. For a zombie day that Tuesday, purchase a special theme game ticket package to catch the game against the Braves at 710 and get a limited edition Padres themed zombie bobblehead. He's missing Tickets a shoe at slash theme games. He's a zombie. He's missing a lot more than just a shoe. That's the Brady it Phelps looks uh, like, zombie. Like no He's uh, also missing a nose. Yeah, that too. Yeah, minor We're detail. back with more Padres social hour coming up right after this.
1: Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour.
2: What's up and welcome back. Padres Social Hour here getting you set for that 12:45 game between the Padres and the Giants. Good news guys, after today the Padres don't play the Giants until July 15th. Jeez. <laughs> The stats are insane. Out, outscored 38 to 18 so far, the Padres by the Giants Ouch. this year. Things have not been good. Yeah, here's more good what news. What is good is that we have some donuts yeah. here. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you are not lying, Bob. Uh, Scan brought the donuts for Derek? us today. That's, that's there's lo- I'll, I'll not much left. No, there's really not. Well, they were next to Blooper. Oh, so No yeah. wonder. So it doesn't just disappear. You,
4: you, you
3: give him five minutes, and that's at least yeah, 20 minutes. I'll grab one later, yeah. I'm a little okay. bit of a messy eater, so I don't want
2: to show I'm people go at home. Myself. Smart. Mike? I can never go wrong. No. Uh, I have to look good, so you guys keep eating. Why start now? I don't want to eat. Hey, you know what? Why start now? Dare. I'm trying to help idea. the ball club right here because the only way you can hit a
4: sinker is to eat a sinker, right? You've got to sink it in your, in your coffee. But do, you have, do, you have any, do you have
3: any coffee to dunk it
4: it's in? Do With album.
2: your analogies and metaphors, you've taught me ribeyes, marshmallows, and battleships, sinkers. <laughs> I, I, my vocabulary notice, has expounded exponentially. But do you notice a common theme
3: here.
4: amongst all of my analogies? They're all, all food. All food. food, food. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. Believe it.
2: Well, for a guy, you can make me very angry because you're so into food and you're like 6'5", still like you could play in the big leagues.
4: i got two kids. i got to chase them all around. you will ah. see you someday. He, <laughs> he knows. Insane. That's why he's oh, a got lean three. fighting yeah. I have no exactly. kids. That's I just why why have more time for the gym. <laughs> I'm
2: at the gym all the time, and I will never look anything like either <laughs> well, of you. It's because there's
4: there's no upset. calorie
3: burn like trying to chase a four-year-old around a park. I've been Trust more me.
4: exhausted chasing my kids than pitching a 9 inning incomplete complete volume. No question uh, oh, about it. Oh, because
3: you're also you're not just chasing them around because they're energy. You're also like, don't fall off the slide. <laughs> exactly. So you got the, the emotional toll it takes is burning yeah. calories, well, too. I am,
2: uh, I am, I think, years away from experiencing that. So unless I get some big surprise news from some of these people on <laughs> Twitter, Take your time we'll never man. know. Yeah. All right, what have you been twi- doing with the people on Twitter, Mike? <laughs> no, if I if I hear now that I have this public forum, hey, Mike, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> um, but hopefully that's not the case anytime soon. Um, all right, let's get to today's matchup, and we'll start with the pitching. And it's brought to you by water and sports physical therapy the official physical therapist of the san diego padres we alluded to it earlier maybe this is the best shot for the padres to finally get a win against the giants this year because jake peavy has been a dumpster fire this season a one in five record an 8.21 era a whip nearly at two Against James Shields, whose record isn't that much better, 2-6, and six, but that uh, belies some of the struggles this offense has had. Uh, James with an ERA near 3 has been a workhorse, as we expected, eating up innings for this team uh, all season long. What do you guys see out of this one today? It seems like pretty easy advantage Padres, but we talked about Peavy as an emotional wild card. He could be an X-Factor, too. While you're chewing, I'll go ahead and take this one. <laughs> I'm going to be chewing yeah. for a while, so go yeah. ahead. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> no, I,
3: it's, I still it, – it's a wash. It sure is. I mean, Seriously? I, I really do. I mean, the way that Shields is, is able to give up home runs – Especially to a team, you know. I mean, I think Brandon Belt can get him. I think Buster Posey can get him. He, you know, he he he's able. He gets touched up every now and then. I just don't see the Padres' offense. Once again, I th- I think too those two extra inning games are having a serious carryover effect with this offense. They're not generating runs. I think Jake looks like you know the one of the one of the Jakes of old, and he's able to really to really shut down this team. At least keep it to a two three run offensive a performance wash, over six seven I feel seven like that's really off. underselling six, what James is. has done this year. You know, yeah, that's a tough he's, call he's, right there. It's not because he's not going to give up, you know, four or five. He's going to give up, you know, two or three, and that's what Jake will give up. That makes it a watch. Uh, I think Jake's going to give up more than that. He's, you know, you're lucky to get five
4: out of Jake right now. Emotional thing, certainly kicks in, no doubt mm-hmm. about it. But the thing I look at also, I look at some of the other things, like how is a guy doing when he gets two strikes? Can he put guys away? Jake's not been able to do that. Opposing hitters are hitting 289 against him in two-strike situations. So he's not even a guy coming up to the plate that I'm thinking to myself, man, i got to go after something early because, God forbid, he gets ahead of me and he's going to put me away. That has been the issue. The Padres can really take their time. They can be patient. Hopefully they will. Getting back to, you know, not trying to do too much. Let Jake get himself into trouble. He's averaging over five walks per nine innings. He's giving up the long ball as well. He's not putting guys away with two strikes. All that being said, it's Jake Peavy.
3: So who knows right. against is the Padres? You think that's an issue of him trying to nibble too much and not trusting his stuff at this no, point? No, I
4: think he just understands who he is at this point in his no. career. He doesn't have the heater that he used to have. He's, he's you know using the breaking ball. He's using the slider. He can't pinpoint like he used to. Look, it's just you know he asked Greg Maddox at the end of his career, a guy that didn't rely on a whole bunch of power, and he said, you know, I asked him, Greg, why why this year? Why did you decide to shut it down? He goes, because I just know I've got nothing that I can reach back for to get out of the jam when I need to. He didn't have that little extra turbo, and I think Jake's probably reaching that point in his career where it's the same type of thing. you still got the heart. You, yeah. still, you still want to go out there and battle, but it's tougher to do when you don't have that little Oh, we're seeing that
2: rate. with Matt Kemp. It's, you, in your head, you can stretch that double to a triple, but the hips, the hamstrings, the legs, sometimes as you get older with age, it yep. doesn't. It betrays you. It doesn't work anymore. Oh, Wash! I'm going to tell Shield you said that when they come back. All right. We'll look at the box scores. He's going to ride right, right
4: by him on a skateboard and pow. <laughs> 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 yeah, clothesline. So
2: he's going to go rub the clothesline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, water and sports physical therapy, San Diego's leader in aquatic and land therapy. With seven convenient locations, visit waterandsportspt.com. Jake PV in his prime, though, and the folks here saw it. Uh, leads me to an interesting hypothetical that I thought of as I was looking at the pitching matchup today. If you were, and we just had Randy Jones on the show a couple days ago, he's here all the time, obviously. Uh, The Padres, a franchise known for their great pitching. Tomorrow, you had to win a game, and you get to pick any pitcher in his Padres prime, so you can't pick Greg Maddox and say, oh, you know, his 95 Braves year or anything like that. had to be in a Padres uniform. Who would you pick in Padres history to win you one game? So who's your ultimate Padres ace? Uh, and we'll put a Twitter poll out on this after we have our choices uh, you know, too, I, I want to hear I, what the fans have to because say. Because
3: if you want to talk about dominance and one guy who was going to get you one win, and, and I know you're probably not going to like this, but '98 Kevin Brown was awfully, awfully good. He was I filthy. Mean, he was, uh, yeah, a, a double entendre honor there. Uh, if we can talk about maybe the, hmm. the all clean. Team, you, uh, have uh, up with food, you have to come up with a food analogy for that, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I won't trust <laughs> what you say was, otherwise. Was, well, you can always say, you know, you can drink some juice. Um, but you can um, – Wow. <laughs> he, was, he, was so, he was so dominant that year. Anytime that guy took the man, you're like, this is a win. And it just gives your entire team that, that mental edge where we got Brownie on the bump. We, that, we get it. We got it. We win. And he was so good that year. I would have to go with, with, with that guy in that season because it was, it was just – it was filthy.
4: That's not a bad call. But you know what? <laughs> yeah. the, the patron saint of Padre Social <laughs> I do. I've <laughs> got to go to him right here. This is the guy. This is the man. 75 and 76. Now, 76, he wins the Cy Young Award, right? right. 75, he better. actually has better numbers. Yeah. I'm going to go with the non-Cy Young, the 1975 Randy Jones, because not only does he talk up a win, but he does it with nine innings, no questions asked, in an hour and a half. Yep. All right? I mean, this guy not only was absolutely dominant, but he got the t- job done quickly. He saved the bullpen every single night. He did it year I after year. I said he's getting
2: you the win, not who gets you to your dinner reservation as, as quickly <laughs> as possible. But hey, I'm not,
4: only, not only am I at the win, but I've got more time to enjoy the wine once I get to the restaurant.
2: And I think we can all agree the, that right, right behind
3: second on our list would be Andy Bennis.
2: You, I won't agree with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go. I mean, the guy we just <laughs> talked about, Jake Peavy. Maybe because you know I was in college, able to watch so many baseball games when he was in his prime. But for me, he's the one that I got to see the most, the most often. And I just remember the numbers he put up and how dominant he was. I think the problem with R.J. We were talking about him with this about this with him the other day. Yeah. Some of the games he blew up, he did have a propensity where if he if the sinker wasn't sinking or if you know people had him scouted right, he could blow up pretty easily. He still went like seven, eight innings even when he gave up six or seven runs. Right. So he would gobble up the innings. But I don't have I want that strikeout potential. And Kevin Brown has that, but as we saw and PV maybe not the best example either, but in some postseason oh, appears to strikeout title a couple of times. Right, but I'm saying in some clutch situations the two of them, both Brown and Peavy, didn't have their best. Randy never got to pitch Strikeouts in the state. Strikeouts are fascists.
4: Isn't that what they they said Strikeouts, in the uh, city? Strikeouts out yeah. Strikeouts also get exactly. guys out
2: and keep guys this off guy the ball. This guy kept pads.
4: everybody in the ball game. Fans included. People were applauding this guy as he's walking down to the, to the bullpen to get ready for the ball game. His whole team loved hanging out there because they knew they were going to get a chance to play. They were going to get a touch the ball that day. Kept everybody in the game. Oh, yeah. Mike, I'm going, Peavy. More, than, s- more
2: than six strikeouts a game more than Randy Johnson. I like see, having that dominance on the right field.
3: How they don't hang the case the signs out there, they hang the Q signs for quick outs. Yeah. You know, how quickly you can get it out. It's because of that guy right there and that's something that's very unique to San Diego, and, tha- and that, as you said, helps your defense stay focused in the game, helps everybody stay into the ball game, and that also helps you offensively.
4: I hope I get some free barbecue sauce for that promotion I just it's gave you. It's right behind right you,
3: right there. It's even signed. Oh, really? oh great. Yeah.
5: Oh, let's
2: take, take this one home. Thanks. I, I'm, I'm sure we won't have any problem getting more of that because Randy Jones will sign literally <laughs> anything. So. Perfect. Um, All right, I just put a t- poll out. You can find it at hashtag PadresSH or at my handle at Mike Janella. Uh You get one Padres pitcher in his Padres Prime to win you one game. Who do you get? Twitter only lets you put four options up. So I put R3, RJ, Kevin Brown, Jake PV, which yep. is the correct answer. And then I put another. You have a lot of other choices, Gaylord Perry. Rodrigo yeah. to Spagna. It, yeah, if you want to yeah. go to Spagna, make sure to let us know. Write <laughs> in vote. Uh Seth, anything to chime in? Blooper?
5: I was gonna say Adresa Spagna. <laughs> I swear. I can't yep. believe you thought it the same person as I was. Yeah. Wow, yeah. sure yeah. you OD- were. Interesting. Um,
2: All right, so let us know what you think, again, and we'll keep that poll running, uh, and we'll check in on those results later on in the show. We're going to come back here in just a little bit, but before that, the Padres are on a mission to create a world without cancer, and you can help. Join Padres Pedal the Cause, a two-day cycling challenge on November 12th and 13th. You can get involved by riding, fundraising, or volunteering. Anyone can ride, and rides range from 12 to 162 miles. That's a lot of miles. Visit gopedal.org to learn more and to register today. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, some ballparks. That one up in San Francisco is a nice one. But is it the nicest? We'll come back with more Padres Social Hour right after Randy this. Randy Jones had the perm, too.
1: You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park.
2: We're back. Just a little less than an hour, about 45 minutes away from first pitch up in San Francisco. Here we're in the AMR studio at an empty Petco Park, except for the good time gang here having some fun here on this Padres social hour. Uh, Folks already chiming in on that uh, Twitter poll that I've just put up about which Padres pitcher in his prime and his Padres prime would you want to start one game for you. And right now the results heavy to Kevin Brown. We're early in, but he's got 57% of the vote. Randy Jones at 29%. Jake Peavy at 14 And other, who, uh, who's got some nasty stuff, 0% so far. So nice. Padre fans are very intelligent. Big, uh, for now, we have the, the vote open. Maybe we'll have it up overnight on ground, uh, to Kennedy find out. Over third base. We'll, we'll see what's Rick up. Vaughn. Uh, and a couple of tweets uh, coming in. Moves. We've got uh, Sean D. at WonkOSD says Kevin Brown. Uh, Tom Hughes saying KB took us further than the other two. Ever did. Well, RJ, it's not fair because he never even had a chance. I was that team say, It's was not about really the team bad. that's around you, it's about
4: a guy that can go out there and get guys out on a consistent basis. PB so. did
2: have the two postseason starts that were not good against the Cardinals. Brown, mixed bag in the postseason across his whole career. Yeah. Obviously, that 98 team was uh, a magical one for the podcast. And the sure. one year he's with and the, the Padres. One year he was here, yeah. So, lightning in the bottle, I guess. for him there. You get no extra credit perm, for the perm. The, the only PB for Do not let the perm affect your voting, people. Uh, Use it, uh, find hashtag PadresSH, and you can can check it out there. All right, Uh, we mentioned the last time that they'll play the Padres, the Giants, until July 15th. That series will be here. They don't play them again at San Francisco until, I think, September. Yeah, September 12th. So this is the last we're going to see AT&T for quite a while. Uh, Good thing for the Padres, I think, the way things have gone so far. But I figured why not have this conversation now, since we don't have much to talk about about the team's performance since it hasn't been that good. Um, AT&T, pretty universally regarded as one of, if not the best parks in the That's big leagues spot. right now. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, let's actually you know, put this out there. Is it your favorite park or is it the best park out there? Gentlemen? Ah, it's a, my favorite
3: and best are, are two very different things for me. Because it's cliche a lot of people say, but I love Fenway. You can't you can't beat the feeling, you can't beat the you're walking down through Boston, all of a sudden there's just this iconic ballpark right there. It's got you still have to walk through the stands to get down. There are no tunnels to get around through the to the clubhouse. It's it's so Classic and so wonderful. I just I love that. It's not the best place to see a game. Yeah, I'm even though classic means cramped seats and it smells right, and crappy concessions. I mean, even the press and all box is, is built like this, and there's no there's no room for a laptop computer in there because it was built for back when you just had you know typewriters and notepads. It's, when it's, Bill Center was a cub reporter, exactly. Yeah. And you don't you don't you just don't have that kind those kinds of modern amenities. But man, that place the atmosphere there is unmatched in baseball.
4: Yeah, that was the one place I agree. Fenway was unbelievable. Where I actually felt like. I am in the same stadium. I'm changing my clothes right now. I'm putting my uniform on the same bench that Ty Cobb sat here. Exactly. Right? Babe Ruth's spikes were walking on this same piece of wood, heading out to the ballpark. So I mean, well, how as many far places as
3: can you say that? No,
4: that was yeah. the only one. And, and then I played at Wrigley, and Wrigley was a right. great stadium, also, and a lot of fun. If I uh, usually I tell people, look, if you got to see one baseball game in your entire life, don't miss out on the Wrigley g- experience. It's amazing. But the Red Sox ballpark is incredible, also, just because of all the history that's there. And and also I. I I got a chance to see some of those parks from different perspectives from a player being in the clubhouse. Keep rubbing it in, Scan. We get it.
2: You were a big leaguer. No,
4: but I'm just saying that it's different from, you know. I, I like to go to certain ballparks because I get great food in the stands, right? And I've got a great right. vision and, and you can see the game and everything. That's different than you know wor- what a, per- a player's perspective might be. You know one ballpark that I think is totally underrated and doesn't get a lot of attention is the Jake. Cleveland's uh, ballpark. Yeah. Jacob's Field. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a beautiful don't, don't stadium. Don't let
3: the fact that it's in Cleveland
4: no, I've been there yeah, and it's I, I, it's I would
2: not. I think it's properly rated. It's just it, it's there. It's you see, that's your perspective.
4: So for mine, every time I went there, and granted, I was there during the heyday. When the place first opened up, they had one of, those, one of the best teams that that I ever played against over there uh, with, with some of those teams there in that Cleveland. World Series team. Oh, right. Omar Vizquel and Travis Fryman And Tommy
3: and, and, and Manny, Ramirez. Manny Ramirez. Albert Bell. Exactly. do forget Albert Bell.
4: Yeah, Albert Bell was the best hitter on that ball club, actually. <laughs> he was better than Manny Ramirez and, and all those guys. So uh, they packed that place every single night. I mean, it felt like seventh game of the World Series every time that you played in that ballpark, and it was a beautiful ballpark. Uh, I thought it was a neat blend of having some uh, uh, contemporary architecture as well. So I think every ballpark has got something to offer, and that's yeah. that's the neat thing about it. It's like they've all got the own, uh, their, their now, own if you want, character. I want to
3: talk about Best, though, not so much favorite, but Best. I mean, I love Peko, and this will always be kind of. One of, those, one of those awesome ones because they don't have a whole lot of frills, but it's just nice and clean and a great spot and a great place to see a game. PNC Park in Pittsburgh, if you want to talk about the whole kit and caboodle, you can see the bridge, you can see downtown, you can see you got the monuments all around it. It's just that that's a really I cool love spot. This. See, I'm this jaded too. from that place
4: because I pitched terribly there, so I hated going <laughs> to that ballpark because I knew I was going to take my lumps on the mound. They, and already, and they
2: already opened PNC when you were still. Yeah, playing? my last year, yeah, I got oh a chance
4: okay. to pitch over there a little bit. And then when I was with the Astros, and then also coming back as a broadcaster, that's one of the two stadiums where they have the. This, the press box is actually higher than Super any of the stands. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're so far up. Great view, like you were talking about. Yeah, you get exactly. to see
2: downtown, but I can't see the players. There are little specks down there, just kind of like Washington, the same see, thing. For me, the park itself, it's at I love being right on the bay, and Pittsburgh's nice, but it's a river. I like more water. I like openness. I love the the old giant baseball glove and left. It's not the really water either. Awesome. It's more like sludge out there. Yeah, in the, it's the, not if it like it. You <laughs> can kayak it. It's okay in my book. Uh, they have the nooks and cranes. I like the weird right center field. Um, I love it. And I actually I like it more during the day. So I, I'm going to like watching today's game because you can see the water. It's more expansive. For me, that's a number one in terms of the actual stadium itself. Um, it is tremendous. Great, great press really box, yes.
4: too, because the visiting side is literally three feet away from the cafeteria area. Very so solid. All oh, again, totally all solid. you
3: think yeah. about. Garlic fries. All you think it's about. Theme? Uh, blooper, you, think. <laughs> you got a, a favorite?
5: Fries. Shea Stadium? Yeah, I'm kind of City a park geek. I have all the new ones. My least favorite by far is uh, Progressive jacobs field and i like the city of cleveland actually uh pittsburgh and a wild card is uh safe go
2: i've never been to safe go it's
5: like it's a roof done right
2: so let me ask you my next question as derek completely falls off the rails with his microphone here uh, any stadiums you haven't been to yet that you are like top of the bucket list that you haven't seen i've not seen yankee stadium yet i've Uh, not seen eh. minnesota yet i've seen i've seen the old nice yankee Yankee stadium is yeah i'm not craving it sterile museum yeah, it's yeah I,
3: I'm not. You know, I, I'm going to go way off the board. Another one that I love too is Camden Yards. So that place is is really cool. But the one that I haven't seen that I would really like to is Marlins Park in Miami. That's oh, mine too. Cool. Yeah. Just because it is so eclectic and weird, and I just want to go stand next to that disaster in center field and
2: see <laughs> what. It's <laughs> art. It's not a disaster. It, it's uh, art. I think in it's the eye of the beholder. <laughs> the,
4: the aquarium <laughs> behind home plate, is sort of my favorite piece. Really, really 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 Mike awesome. My Club in left field, yeah. an aquarium <laughs> behind home plate. Yeah, I just want to see. Don't forget around left. Yeah, with the thump 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 going, and you know, guys are getting the headache. From oh, the yeah, just Jersey yeah. Shore and hardcore
3: yeah. yeah. out yeah. there. I just want to uh, see what that place is all about because I haven't been in the district. Just, just, yeah, that's the one I, I would most like to go and just see a game in just so I can say, yeah, I did made it out yeah. yeah. a yeah. lot. Best
4: Dome Stadium? I think Safeco. I'm with Blooper on that one. It's a Lo- really nice one. Yeah, it's really. great Dome Stadium. I've
3: never been, so I've been – Well, can you call it a Dome it has got a retractable roof? I mean, Dome is fixed, right?
4: Well, I'm just saying roofed Potentially roof stadium.
2: Potentially right. covered. retractable yeah, Because even stadium. when it's
4: closed, you still feel like it's open. There's six I
2: haven't been to. Safeco is one of them. I've never been to Camden believe it or it's not, awesome. even though I grew up just a couple hours away. Uh, and then Tampa and Oakland, which may not exist in a couple of years. Uh, ever Texas, to go to which Oakland. now is not going to exist in a couple of years either. And then Miami. So I think for the weirdness and just all the crazy crap they got going on, I think Miami is my top of the, the bucket list. Wow, well, I what think left. Texas is going to be
4: the first stadium where I was actually there for their opener, and now I'm already watching it disappear. How the days Dang. go by. I told you How the I was the days They
2: just
3: build <laughs> stuff constantly in Texas.
2: Yeah. Everything's bigger, right? Any Texans here on the set? Yeah, we can confirm everything is bigger <laughs> in Texas, including, including their building plans and their construction <laughs> budgets. Um, all right, last question for the stadium talk. How about a historic stadium, one you never got to see? For me, it's the polo grounds, 100 Yeah, that's what I was thinking, for sure. Uh, I'll go with yep. Ebbets
3: Field. I would love Across to see Jackie
2: Robinson play at Ebbets
3: Field. That would have
2: been, yeah, be cool that would have been awesome. Uh, we got uh, Greg Tish tweeting in, Marlins Park is the oddest park. Well, yeah, I think that's kind of the point is that we want to yeah. be able to see the weirdness of it. You know, they got a great bobblehead collection over there, too. That whole museum with all the different bobbleheads going around. Do they around. really? Yeah. I not yeah. know that. That's right. There's hundreds hundred Even hundreds more reasons hundreds. to get me yeah. there. Yeah. Blooper, anything left on your bucket list that you want to get to above all? Above
5: all, maybe Houston because that's also a weird one to me with the train and the, yeah. the hill. Uh, but I'm going to Anaheim next week. I've never been there. I'm going to see the. Uh, it's right up the road, the you drivers. haven't driven up to see it yet? I've only lived there for two years, and it's kind of hard to schedule. And we're busy working yeah, with the Padres every day. Every day. <laughs> it's hard to see oh, it. Oh, you've so been that. to Disneyland, <laughs> haven't you? No, I've not. No? no? I'm never really? i been to Disney World in Orlando, never Disneyland. Uh. Uh, so, sounds
2: like a, like a hell of a day for Bluebirds yeah. yeah. yeah, and Angels and some Disneyland. Double yeah. Disneyland in the morning, Angel game at night?
5: No, Padres social hour in the morning, Padres game, and then drive to Anaheim and watch the Angels.
2: There you go. Sounds like a heck of a day. Follow him on Twitter for uh, none of the live updates because I'm sure he won't be saying anything about it as the whole day (laughs) goes along. Uh, The first postgame way back Wednesday concert at Petco Park is coming up. June 8th after the 1240 Padres game against the Braves. Stay after the game for a live DJ set by DJ Snoop Adelik. Presented by Budweiser. Get your tickets today at Padres.com slash promotions. And the tweets and the votes are coming in on this pitcher uh, ace discussion. We'll revisit those, see how those are coming along. But well, we're back right after this on Padres Social Hour.
1: From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour.
2: Welcome on back, Giants and Padres. The series finale coming up, and the Padres still looking for that elusive first win against Los Gigantes uh, this year. We'll see if they can do it at 1245. Uh, before then, uh, we talked about how Blooper may get to uh, Disneyland next week. And oh, yeah. Ghost of Rick Croc tweeting in during the break, my kingdom for a photo of him in Mickey ears. Yeah, he's got to get ears. I'd chip in to he's see that. It. How about Pluto. Maybe the Pluto
4: ears or something? Anything. Floppy. Goofy yeah, the big floppy ears. That's yeah. 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 um, more your yes. speed, I think.
5: I'm not going to Disney. I'm going to a baseball game. You, you, it's not going to well, happen. What,
2: well, what a convenient dish- cover for an afternoon at Disney, if <laughs> it's you ask Anaheim. me. You
5: could find Disney ears or Mickey ears anywhere. Can I buy Disney ears in the
3: ballpark? I don't know, probably. I think they do.
2: Angels branded. Yeah, I'm sure Ooh. there's some kind of synergy uh, there. I'm not
3: doing angels. Even, I even, better, if, even better if they're mini ears. There you uh-huh. go.
2: Work on that, Bloop. Um, all right. Also, an update on our, our poll we have going on right now at hashtag PadresSH at my handle at Mike Janella. Uh, one starting pitcher in his Padres prime to win you a game. Who you got? Kevin Brown, 47% of the vote. It's going down. Come on. A lot Come of on. people like you. But, no, everyone yep. else is splitting. So, Randy Jones at 27%, Jake Peavy at 20 and Other at 6%. And we've had a bunch of people tweeting in with their uh, comments uh, coming through. So, who, keep who's, it coming. Who
3: the right-in votes for the other? Yeah, who are the uh,
2: Gaylord Perry, uh, Ben Higgins with uh, a little joke, I think, that his sentimental spot for uh, Sterling Hitchcock overrides uh, all others. So mm. may go with that. So we'll see uh, how the vote ends up. So again, give us your vote. Hashtag SH, Let us know what you think. All right. I'm going to put you guys now, because we discussed this yesterday. We mentioned it yesterday, but didn't really go into it uh, in depth because we had a lot of other stuff to talk about besides that. Uh, the Kevin Quackenbush demotion. And that I'm going to put you guys in the Cholula hot seat. Because we discussed two days ago, what do you do with this guy? He was someone that was potentially a very viable part of the later part of the bullpen for this team. Comes out, struggles, ups and downs. He was here on the couch. You were here with us, Scan. He was talking about his confidence was so important. Strike one was so important. And both of those things deserted him the last couple of weeks. He goes down to AAA. So I want to ask you, is this something that can make or will it break him? Is this a perspective I need to break? Or will this crush his confidence of a young guy and just not be able to return. I think
4: the bigger question is, does this couch make or break Guy's career? Absolutely you know, not. Mean, he was
2: on a roll. He comes no, here. That's he sits
4: BS. right there where Derek is sitting. He talks about the new mechanics. He talks about how he's getting out lefties. He you talks know, about all this stuff. You know who stuff. else has been
2: on this couch? Ryan Buchter, Brett <laughs> Wallace has been great. Christian <laughs> Bethencourt with his home run. They've so I'm dealing. not taking any of the blame for that. <laughs> you can keep that with your donuts on that side of all it, right. the set. Alright. I
4: hear you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's tough. You never like getting sent down, no matter what. No matter what the situation is. And especially after you've been up for a while. Especially after you've had some success. Now, if you've come up here briefly, you know that maybe it's a little bit before your time. Sometimes guys get called up and they realize, look, I'm not really supposed to be here right now yet. It's not my time. I'm filling in because somebody got hurt. They need an arm for a couple of days. Guys get that. But for Kevin Quackenbush, it was a thing of, look, he'd already dominated a A. He was a closer down there. There was no question he was kicking the door into the big leagues. And everyone thought that he was going to just come in and maybe even potentially be a closer down the road. And he's found out that it's it's a lot more difficult. Then it appears. And he's had his good streaks, his bad streaks, and this is one of those times where you go down, you get yourself back on track. The biggest challenge right now, and we've seen everybody goes through it. Nick Vinson talked about it a couple of years yep. ago. He got sent down. And he moped.
2: Nick acknowledged, look, I moped. His and guys a human, yeah. This, exactly. this is a demotion. No matter what they tell you or how it's yep. framed, this is a step back.
4: And every time that Nick would give up a run, he'd have an excuse, he'd be like, Oh man, you know, how about that ball going in and that and blah, 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 blah. And finally, Rocky Gale just said, Hey man you got to pull yourself together and stop making all these excuses and look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm better than this. I'm not going to complain about stuff anymore. I'm not going to complain about where I am. Start getting people out. And sometimes you need that reality check of, all right, I'm down here for a reason. Let me get my you-know-what together and get back up to the big leagues by, by pitching better.
3: One thing I've noticed in the last couple of outings is his velocity's down. And that's, I think, concerning in and of itself. If he feels okay with his, his velo starts to dip, he's, in, he's hitting 89, 89, 89, maybe 90. He used to be up in the low 90s fairly consistently, and his ball's flattening out even more even though it's not going as fast. When you have 94, 95, sometimes you can miss with your location and get away with it. When you're at 89, you can't miss with your location and get away with it. He's been getting hit hard with a fastball that's not what it was even last year. So I'm wondering if there's something, maybe not mechanically, but physically wrong with him because he's just not throwing as hard as he was.
4: You know, it's interesting. He's he's always had a sneaky fastball, too. Even when the velo's not always there, he's got one of those no see type fastballs that – Guys just, for whatever reason, aren't able to square to up. has got that
3: late life in it,
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: So uh, hopefully he can get himself back on track. Uh, the day before yesterday, both Jordan Carruth and Randy said, "No, keep him up here. It's better to work with Ballsley, get that done. And I said, ah, I think he needs something different. And yesterday we see that it's something different. Well, it's interesting because there also we've had some debates about Colin
4: Ray and is he going to get anything out of being back down in AAA? And obviously it's the saving innings. I'm not trying to compare the situations. Yeah, what what I am trying to say, though, is that Oftentimes, it's beneficial for guys to go down because you can't actually work on stuff as opposed to being focused on getting guys out. It's true, and
2: we'll see if it works. Uh, So that's uh, the Cholula Hot Seat, uncapped real flavor with Cholula Hot Sauce, the hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap, and the official hot sauce with the San Diego Padres. We'll take a look at today's lineup when we come back with more Padres Social Hour right after this.
1: We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store.
2: The Padres looking to snap that 0-8 record against the Giants this year up at AT AT&T. And here is the group that's going to do it. Let's head right to the lineup presented by United Airlines, proud partner of the San Diego Padres. Got John Jay in center field, home run last night. Behind him, Young herbus Salarte at third base, with Matt Kemp in right field still batting third. Melvin Upton Jr. in left. Brett Wallace at first base again. Will Myers gets another day off. Derek Norris catching Alexei Ramirez at shortstop. Alexei Amarista at second base. And James Shields pitching. For Myers, Andy Green says he will be starting Friday, just another day off today, so that he can have the off day tomorrow and three days off in a row. We now go to the Supercuts Head-to-Head Challenge. And yesterday, Brady Phelps, after starting the year 0-4 against Blooper, has now won two in a row. He had Andrew Kashner. Blooper had Matt Kemp, who went two for four, but ended up having both of those hits immediately erased. So now it's 22-15. Blooper still with a commanding lead over the couch. And he gets the first pick in today's Head-to-Head Challenge. Blooper, who do you got?
5: I'm going to go with uh, James Shields, starting pitcher.
2: All right, there you go. And Derek, your rebuttal. Alexei Ramirez,
3: shortstop, simply because I think he's due for a home run. Plus, he, former teammates with Jake in Chicago, he's going to
2: know what to expect from him. He's going to have a big day at the plate. You better hope you're right, Derek, because you've only done this once so far this year, and you were wrong. So you are one of the few men that still have a donut in the win column. It's, it's, it's and we don't process. mean <laughs> these kind of donuts. So it's
3: a learning process. Yeah, so, so I have got to so figure out the competition first and then figure out where to right. handle I, I think
4: you're fine cause i got to question the judgment of anybody that likes Shea Stadium. So. Ooh, shots fired at
2: Blooper's childhood. (laughs) That's where I grew up going through. It's what I know. (laughs) That's one point for uh, Bob in the throwing shade meter contest. Hmm. Uh, At Supercuts, they pay attention to every detail. The cut, the lines, the hot towel finish, so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find a Supercuts near you at Supercuts.com. We're back to wrap things up on this edition of Padres Social Hour.
1: Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour.
2: Just about 20 minutes away from first pitch as the Giants and the Padres wrap up their series. A lot more love coming in for Sterling Hitchcock on that uh, poll we have up for which Padres (laughs) pitcher. You have a couple clutch playoff games, and people put a lot of faith into you. Uh, We get one tweet coming in here that we want to wrap up on from uh, old Cranky Ed, our buddy. Uh, After the lineup was released, when will Kemp be moved down in the batting order, not hitting anywhere well enough to be batting third? That's something you guys would entertain, moving him down fourth? Well, who mid, do you move six? up? I was going to say replace. Literally him. Literally anybody yeah, him else <laughs> the way he's been hitting. That's
3: the thing. There's nobody who's tearing it up back there really behind. Maybe you can make the case for Melvin. But yeah, you, so there's nobody who can, can again? You know, really justify moving into that hole right now. Yeah,
4: sometimes you leave a guy there just because he's still a presence in the minds of the opposing pitcher. I mean, regardless of what the stats may say for the last few weeks, uh, you know, you're on the mound and you're thinking, oh, man, it's Matt Kemp. I know he can take me deep at any moment, so i still got to be careful with him. So sometimes managers give guys a little bit more leeway in that respect. But, you know, at this point, I think Andy's kind of being open about it and saying, look, we're going to start looking at all kinds of different options. And they have to because they're not scoring runs. I thought Bryce Harper's
2: not coming. You know yeah, he don't showing up. Don't, yeah. don't get ready for that. I thought a couple of days ago, give him a couple of days off, maybe. And everyone said, no, twenty million dollars, you can't do that. Randy said, maybe bat him six, that make it a little jolt. Yeah, attack the ego. Sometimes you just mix it up. I'm not about attacking guys' ego, but
4: sometimes the day off is a good thing. It just gives you a chance to step back and and decompress.
2: team will have a day off tomorrow, but not us. We're back at noon with the aforementioned Randy Jones, and Annie Halberd will be here as well. Thanks, you guys, today. And Blooper, uh, enjoy Disneyland. Get those Mickey Mouse ears next week. Thanks for watching.
6: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.